Welcome to the Jacqueline Shaw Show. This is a space where we go deep, deep within, deep within where you access the sacred wisdom within you, where my truth and the truth of the women I bring on this podcast create a remembrance within you, within your soul, within your energetic field. Here, we don't look outward, we go inward, because in my world, it's always about taking you deeper in, in where your truth lives, in where your power resides, in where your soul knows. Welcome and get ready to go to the depth with me. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, beautiful women. Welcome back to the Jacqueline Shaw Show. We are going to dive in today with the Millie Fox. Millie, I am so excited to have you here, Millie. I remember the conversation that we had on your podcast, and it was so beautiful and powerful. So I'm excited to dive in with you again today. If you are not already in Millie's world, if you're not following Millie, you are going to go want to do that. Millie Fox on Instagram. She is a manifestation coach for real women, for real life. She uses unconventional manifestation methods that work for real women. So Millie, (laughs) I'm so happy to have you here. Yay. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Oh, it has been a long time coming, right? Like, yeah, not just getting it in this schedule, but also like our connections have just woven back and forth for so many years at this point. Like we, the, I think it's so funny that we used to be almost neighbors and we had never met, even though your sister who is who we connected through was telling me, you need to meet my sister. She just lives up the street from you. And I was like, yeah, 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 it sounds good. But then like, it didn't, it never happened, right? It didn't happen to like years later. And it's so cool. Like, yeah, it didn't happen until years later when we didn't live just down the street from (laughs) each other. But then we did finally got to meet in person last Mm -hmm. year, which was so fabulous. In Miami of all places. Yeah, we went from Toronto and then it was like, well, I was traveling in Miami that we uh, connected. Millie, I want to ask you to begin with, you know, when you say that you use manifestation methods for real women, what does that mean to you? Like, what's the why behind that for you? What was the importance of bringing this work, your magic to the world? Well, I bring it to the world from my own personal lens, which all of us do, right? But my lens is one of being a recovering perfectionist which I call myself, that was, you know, a coping mechanism that I had to handle my childhood and spicy past, you know? So when we get into the world of manifestation and like the quantum and all of that, it can be really sticky. It can be a really sticky place for somebody who is so attached to outcomes because of this, you know, this coping mechanism of trying to gain approval and validation and love through performance, right? Performing and perfecting and pleasing that cycle. It's really a self-destructive cycle. And so when I got heavily into the world of energetics and manifestation, I felt a lot of shame. And shame is a universal human emotion that we all feel, but we all don't want to talk about it. And I think we really have to Like it's one of the things that gets in the way that we kind of just want to like love and light away, you know? And so 
it's ripe in the manifestation world to feel shame because you think, oh, if I am not in alignment, if I'm not a vibrational match, I'm doing something wrong. Therefore, there must be something wrong with me. You think you're not doing it right. And that's just simply not the case. It's simply not true. And I really don't want anyone to feel that way. And when I say real women, I mean, really all women, women, women who want to be in their authenticity rather than, you know, floating on a bubble of a dream life they think they're supposed to have with the identity they think is supposed to match it, you know? Mm, Yeah, I totally feel that. And I totally know what you mean. And I feel like this is oftentimes where you know, people are like, I don't understand, like manifestation doesn't work for me. Like, I don't know how to manifest. And I've heard that before. Like, I don't know how to manifest. And it's like, no, like we all do, like we all are manifesting, but it's like, do you understand like the energetics of it? Mm-hmm. And then I think it leads into like, you're saying here, like that shame or that guilt or feeling unworthy or feeling like I'm doing it wrong. If I'm not manifesting what I'm wanting. Yeah. It's, it's something that like, there's no troubleshooting for. You know what I mean? Like, you don't hear about it. You don't hear about like, well, what do I do if this happens or that happens, right? It's just kind of like, oh, we'll believe harder or connect to the vision deeper. You know, like those things are, that advice is like really not helpful for somebody who, you know, even just somebody who has a difficult past or someone who is neurodivergent or, you know, like there's a variety of different people who will, like listen to this advice and have a very hard time with it. So that's who I, who I speak to. And it's been such an incredible journey coming at it from this angle, because I just have so many women thanking me, you know, just thanking me and saying like, I've never had it land for me until I heard you talking about it the way that you talk about it. And I just feel so honored and grateful that I am able to bring that voice to the world. Yeah, I know what that like feels like because I remember when I first started, you know, talking about human design and more than just with my clients and like talking about it and leading courses on human design. And like I had a woman say to me at the time, she's like, You bring human design to the world in a way that like humans actually get, in the way that I can actually get. And I was like, Yeah, this is the thing I had heard a lot and seen a lot of human design that was felt like really hard to like connect it into like that integration, into that embodiment and you know the woman who introduced me to human design Amy Elizabeth like she was so powerful in leading in that and she she really led me in a place where it was like in embodied wisdom but I saw a lot of other human design that was very like either limiting or this or that and so you know when you say real women that's what I felt too when she's like oh like human design that humans actually can get yeah, that you can you can honor your human your humanity, your human experience, your authentic self without feeling like you have to be this like quantum person that discounts the 3D. You know what I mean? Like we are here on a sacred mission. Like our 3D reality is something to be honored and and viewed as sacred. It's not something to feel like you are above. Like, no, that is not how our souls view being here. (laughs) Yeah. I've, I've seen you post about this recently and I wanted to ask you about that. I wanted to dive deeper into that because I know that's something that you're really like passionate about sharing, leading, talking about. So Mm -hmm. tell us more. 
Yeah. So I just find sometimes I hear this tone in the energetic and manifestation space around how like it's all a simulation and, you know, you're being like, you're being so human right now, or you're too in the mechanical or too 3d. And it's with the, with the tone of like, that's a bad way to be. And we have to really stop and think about that because if we go back to the whole idea of the world, like I know you love Neil Donald Walsh. I know you love Conversations with God. When I first read that book, I was like, oh my gosh, somebody put my beliefs on paper. What he talks about is how the whole reason why we're all here is like this consciousness experiencing itself for the purpose of expansion, right? So do you think that any of our souls or any greater portion of consciousness that's orchestrating this entire, whatever you want to call it, I don't know, experiment, mission, like whatever this 3D reality is that we are currently a part of, do you really think that that part of consciousness would be like scoffing at our experiences or belittling them or making any of it wrong? Like, absolutely not. Yeah, I talk about this in a very different way, I feel like, but I talk about this a lot in the sense that, you know, I talk so much about like leading from the truth within us, leading from like the depth of our soul, allowing that God within to like be the thing that leads our energy where we make decisions and not not like going to our mind, you know? Mm -hmm. And then often what happens though, and, and what I share beyond that is, then when we're also having like human moments of fear, of worry, of doubt, whatever it is, the thing that often happens though is that then we shame the human, you know, we shame ourselves and that's where it creates this like ripple of all the things that we're experiencing because we feel the shame, we feel the guilt for like being a human. And it's like, no, like, can we embrace the human? Can we embrace the fact that we are having a very human moment and very human thoughts because we are human? Yeah, exactly. And so the big thing that I bring into the manifestation space that I have never, literally never seen anywhere else is the teachings of mindful self-compassion and the teachings of self-acceptance. Like just absolutely love Existential Kink, another book recommendation, which is like about taking self-acceptance to a whole next level of like, it's super radical. It's like finding pleasure in the parts of yourself that you don't like, which Mm -hmm. I love, love, love. So when you have these human moments, those are the practices that you need to turn it around back and get yourself back out of resistance, right? So it's not about constantly just being, you know, a negative human and still manifesting. Like that's that's not what that is about at all. It's about embracing those moments and not going into a state of resistance, right? interesting. I was literally just having this conversation with a client yesterday. She's like, okay. She's like, explain this to me from like your energetics perspective. She's like, this is like where I felt like energetically, like the past like month or so. And it feels like it's just been like work and this and that. And like, I haven't felt my best self and all of these things. She's like, and yet like my business like has been doing better than ever. Like she was like, how is this like possible? How is this happening? And like, we don't like, there is it ended up being like a whole conversation, but really what I had felt in her and what I reflected back to her and what we dove into is that because she wasn't making it mean anything that she was feeling sad or disappointed or whatever she was feeling. And so we can still 
manifest and call things into our world. If we're allowing ourselves, I was like, what I've seen and hearing from you is that you're allowing yourself to be the experience. You're allowing yourself to be a human and you're not making it mean anything about you. You're not making it mean anything about having what you want, about your desires, about your manifestations. Yeah. That's like the non-attachment piece. And when I say self-compassion, like I'm not talking about feeling sorry for yourself either right? Like, that's not what it is. Like your client, like, I don't think she was feeling sorry for herself either. She was just like, not attached to the fact that she was feeling these things, which is acceptance as well, right? So it's just like a beautiful ebb and flow of like honoring, not getting attached, and then asking yourself like, again, and over and again, what would I love? What do I desire, you know, and re establishing your connection to to the quantum, to the realm of possibility and not forgetting about that too, right? Like we can go both ways. Like I I found in in my own journey, I've gone into like deep into like the shadow and like really honoring it and whatever and forgetting to bring back in that like potential and possibility. Or there have been times where I've been in that and then I tried to force the manifesting, you know, like just try to get yourself into a better mood, like, like really pushing myself to, and that doesn't work either. Right. It's like, I really landed on this recently. It's that it's just simply about what feels good. Like Mm. at the simplest level, like there's not a right or wrong way to manifest. There's simply feeling good. Cause when you're feeling bad, you're not, you're not really manifesting, right? Like you're not manifesting what you desire, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like through this conversation too, what I'm like hearing is like honoring, you know, when you talked about like you're the 3D and being in the 3D and then also like staying plugged into the quantum, to the possibility. It's like really feeling, knowing, honoring that you are human and divine, that you are like in the 3D and you get to play in the ethers, in like, you know, the realms of manifestation and the quantum. Yeah. Cause I'm not just like when I've been on such an intense, like self-love journey, you know, in my young adult and, and teenage and current adult life years, I'm still a young adult, I think. Um, <laughs> of course. But, but I have such a passion for that human self, you know, and like honoring that human journey because that self-love, like honoring yourself and having gratitude for who you are. Sometimes I feel it can be like, well, I love myself because I am quantum. I love myself because I am part of like the greater whole. But I have this, I have this practice that I've just kind of stumbled into. I was actually in a float tank and my brand new favorite manifestation practice is going into a float tank. I I just did it last week, but I'm like, this is it. Like you feel like you are floating in the realm of potential when you're in that like in that space. So I came up with this affirmation sort of practice that I was doing that felt so cool to me. And it's reflective of what you were just saying about being plugged in and being grounded, right? Plugged into the quantum and grounded. I was repeating over and over to myself, I, I, I am, 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 I, I, I am, 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 before I would attach the word or whatever affirmation that I was creating there. And while I was doing that, when I was saying I, I was thinking about my infinite identity, my connection to everything and God and consciousness and everything. And then when I was saying am, 
I was thinking, bringing up pictures of myself from an outside gaze, a loving outside gaze, just watching myself doing really simple things, you know, like dancing in my stories, which I like to do, or getting the kids in and out of the car. So I was looking at my human identity with this loving gaze as well. So remembering this connection and honoring my physical reality identity as well. And that just felt so freaking good to do that. Oh my gosh. I absolutely love this. It feels so beautiful. It feels so powerful. And I love that you really are bringing in like these energies and this love in all of who you are is what I feel like. Mm -hmm. And then I attached the affirmation word, whatever, doesn't really, it didn't even really matter what the affirmation word was at that point. It was the I am part that was the most powerful. I was just going to say that. I was like, I don't even think there like needs to be a word attached because that just like the energy of that, like I am, I like that you said, I, I, I am, am, am like, I I felt it move through me. Mm, Yeah. I really like that. It was a really good float. (laughs) Oh my gosh, floats are floats are the best. I love the experience. I first started floating when I was pregnant with my daughter. And yeah. I remember like I literally remember like my first experience. Yeah. Yeah. I did that too when I was pregnant with um, Rosen, who's like six now. And I think that was my first floating experience. Now, now that I'm like really, really in this space though, I think it's gonna be like a monthly practice for sure, because it just feels so freaking good. I love that. Okay, this feels like it's going into a very different realm, but I just want to go here. So we're going to, because I've also, again, like just seen things on social for you. I know that you started to do a lot of in-person experiences and that you're starting to host like, you know, groups in person. And this is something that's been like such a calling for me. I like running retreats and I'm hosting in-person VIP days here in Costa Rica and just being like, when I went to Austin in September and spoke on a stage, but got to be in a room like connected with women. It's just such like an important piece of the work that I'm doing and feeling that connection in real life. And I just want to hear more about your, yeah, your experiences with in-person. Oh, it's, it's such a next level of intimacy, right? And vulnerability too. Mm for me and for the people who are showing up, right? Because we have lived in such a online bubble for the last couple of years. And I think everyone's kind of like slowly starting to open the curtain a little bit and stick their head out and be like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, this actually feels really good and really nourishing. And I think there's like a little bit of like, um, well, it's like I said, vulnerability and like not apprehension. That's not the word I'm looking for, but this like people are not fully diving in again quite yet, but I'm so here for that because I think that what we've learned over the last couple of years is how important and how nourishing connection really is. And this is actually something that I feel very strongly about too, because I teach a lot on Brene Brown's work. And in the gifts of imperfection, which is my, like, I call it my Bible, the three pillars of wholehearted living are courage, compassion, and connection. So we have to have courage in order to feel connection. And we have to have compassion for other people in order to feel connection. 
And then we also need the compassion for our own courage, right? Because our courage can take us into places where we really face our own humanity and require that, right? So I I really, really love where this is leading. I haven't done a lot of in-person. I just did um, a VIP day with six women in Toronto this past weekend, and it really lit a fire for me, like, oh, I want to do more, like, you know, full two-day retreats and all sorts of stuff like that. And where before I was kind of, I think just a bit too afraid to do it. And yeah, now that I've done it, I'm like, no, this is, this is it for sure. That's really what happened for me too. Like I didn't even know that I wanted to do in person or run retreats. And then the space here that we ran our retreat at our femme retreat the past two years it's my favorite beach. I stepped on the land and I didn't even know why. Like, I was like, why am I here? Cause I didn't know I wanted, it's not even a retreat space. It's like, I didn't know I wanted to run retreats. And I was like, oh, I meant to lead like the moment my feet touched that land. I was like, I meant to lead women here. Mm-hmm. And once I led my first retreat, I was like, oh, like, yes, please more, please. Like I want to do more of this. And then, like I said, like being in a room full of like there was about 60 women at the event in Austin. I was like more of this because I felt that what you're just talking about here, that connection. I even feel like when you and I, like we said, like, so we had been like connected over the years and, and my sister was like, you guys have to meet. And then you came into a mentorship space with me and we've like had this connection and recorded podcasts together and, and then being able to connect and see each other in person. And it wasn't, it wasn't for mentorship. It wasn't for, you know, a VIP day or anything, but just to like, meet and to hug like that connection yeah it it really solidifies like a a friendship right or like a bond even if you're not quite at the friendship level yet with you know client mentor or whatever really solidifies a bond and it's invaluable right because there's the energy there that's so much stronger when you get to feel it in real life than through you know the computer which I still believe you can feel people's energy, of course, through the internet, through the through the ethers, you know. But that was a really beautiful moment to give you a hug and to be able to meet. And and I I think for some people, like I was, I actually posted last night about healing sisterhood wounds. And actually, the mastermind that I was in with you guys, that was one of the biggest things that came out of that for me. Oh my gosh, that, yeah, that, I mean, and that mastermind, like the group of women that you were in that mastermind with, like the, can I, I think that you guys still, most of you are like really connected to that. Yeah. There's four of us that still talk very, like we have our Voxer chat group. Yeah. Like, still have the Voxer chat going. Like I absolutely love flowers just a couple weeks ago. Cause it was a few different things going on for me. They, they got together and sent me a bouquet of flowers. Like it just was the safest space that I've ever been in, like vulnerably with a group of other women where I was seen, heard, valued on repeat. And that has just changed so much for me in my life. I wrote a post about it on Facebook last night where I said, "You, when you feel you're alone in the world, when you isolate yourself, because that's another thing that women do when they're in shame is they isolate. Like isolation and numbing are two of the biggest things that women do shame related behaviors. I I literally, I literally just had this conversation with someone this morning. I went for a walk on the beach and, you know, she's going through some stuff right now. And I was sharing, you know, about my spiritual smack. And I was like, when I 
like first found out that my husband was having an affair like six years ago when I was pregnant with my daughter, seven years ago now, immediately I went to shame. I was like, well, what would people think if they like found out if they knew I didn't tell anyone. And instead I like hopped on a plane and took my son at the time to Florida for a week. So I was like, I'm just going to like go somewhere where no one knows me where I, but like that avoidance, that hiding, that shame that like took over instantly. Yeah. So this, this, I, this belief that you're alone, right? I felt so alone. Yeah. And that was one of Brene Brown's first books, actually. I thought it was just me. That was the title of one of her first books, because that's what women do. And well, not just women, obviously, but that isolation makes us really have a difficult time seeing our own worth. Because there's so much value in being in spaces and in connection and in relationship with other people who can reflect that back to you. So when you think you're alone, you can call yourself into question over and over again. And then I also even held this belief for a period of time that I had to be able to love myself to the highest degree before I could look to anyone else for that. And I don't believe that's true. I do believe that we need to cultivate everything we need inside of us. I just don't think that there's any kind of rule or prerequisite that says it has to happen first, right? Like these things can be happening at the same time, right? Like you can be in, you can be in relationships that it's, it's almost like a back and forth, right? Like you get these reflections of yourself that cause you to go more deeply inward and recognize it within yourself and then do more work within yourself to be able to let that in. And it, it continues onward in this beautiful sort of upward spiral of worthiness, ultimately. Well, I think even what, you know, where we've went to in this conversation is about this like connection about how important it is to have connection to others. I mean, yes, connection to self and connection to others, love for self and love for others. And that brings me back to when you were talking about courage, compassion, connection, and you talked about having the courage to connect and, you know, how that courage leads to compassion. And what I felt and wanted to share at the time and then didn't was it also, I feel like the connection, when you feel connected, you have more courage. Like when you feel connected, like how you felt connected through that mastermind leads to you feeling more courage. When you're connected Mm -hmm. to a mentor, when you're connected to a partner, when you're connected, like that connection to others for me feels like it leads to more courage. It totally does a thousand percent because that has been a springboard for me to connect deeper with other people in my life as well in real life, like actual physical, that's been my, this year has been, I want real physical, local relationships to flourish as well. And then has given me the courage and also like the permission to make some pretty bold choices about what I want my life to look like and who I want to be and how I'm going to show up in the world. So we really like, we cannot undervalue being seen by other people, be allowing ourselves to be seen. Right. That that's another piece that's, that's actually so important to mention is that you have to have the courage to be vulnerable in order to connect, because if you don't have vulnerability, you do not have connection. Right. Because if you show up, how you think you are supposed to be in some version of yourself you think you're supposed to be to hustle for worthiness and also to try to 
fit in, right? There's like this huge distinction between fitting in and belonging and fitting in actually prevents belonging because you will never feel truly seen, right? And in order to feel like you belong, you have to feel seen. So it all goes together so beautifully. I love this. And as you're speaking here, I, it's, it's so interesting. Cause I feel like our conversation is like, was took almost like two different, mm-hmm. you know, two different things, but in this final, you know, what you just shared, I see it connecting even back to the manifestation because what you said there was when you feel like you have to like be somebody. And so you, you know, you end up fitting in, but then you're not truly yourself and then you're not truly being seen. I feel like this also happens in manifestation where it's like, oh, well, I have to do this to manifest, or I have to be this to manifest. And I remember, you know, even having a conversation like years and years and years ago with someone that's like close to me. And they were like, but I'm doing all the things, right. I'm doing all the things to manifest. I'm writing the I am's I'm doing this in my journal. I'm, you know, all of the things, but there was like so much not being looked at, seen, she wasn't allowing herself to be fully her or fully seen at all. So trying to like manifest, but also like just like hiding so much of who she is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and this is why in my bio, I say that I use unconventional methods because I use these methods, like teaching around these principles to lead you through manifestation. So like the very first question in any program that I've created around manifestation, the very first question that has to be answered is who are you? Like, and that, that is a layered question, right? Well, that's like exactly as you say that, like I, as I sink back to this conversation, like at the time she had no idea who she was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, because then you cannot manifest authentically and it's not going to be an integrity, which is another huge value of mine. It's not going to be an integrity and so it's not going to feel right. It's it's not going to feel uh, the way you want it to feel, right? And that ultimately is what manifestation is about. Because whenever we say we're manifesting something, it's because we ultimately just want the feeling that we're going to get that's associated with the thing, right? So if you're not doing it from a place of authenticity, you're never actually going to end up feeling the way that you want to feel, like, period. So good oh my gosh I love this conversation I love you when you're talking about connection I was like you know this in-person energy I was like too bad we didn't realize this is what we wanted when we lived down the street from each other but oh that was a different lifetime right exactly I think for both of us okay Millie thank you thank you thank you for being here thank you for coming on and having this fabulous conversation with me where can we find you? Where can we find more Millie? Yeah, definitely over on Instagram. It's my most consistent um, place that I show up. I am on Facebook too, but like just come just come to Instagram because I love the DMs on Instagram. Like first and foremost, it just feels so easy to build real relationships with people. So yes, I love, I love, I love. We'll link um, both those places in the show notes. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Gorgeous. Thank you for being here with us, with me today. These conversations, these riffs, these transmissions are seriously life-giving. They nurture my human. They nurture my soul. These are the type of conversations I want more of, and I know you do too. I'm so happy that you're here. It's truly an honor for me to bring my voice to this space. I love you. 
I will see you back here next week. In the meantime, please come join me on Instagram, Jacqueline underscore Shaw underscore. And if you have women in your world that you feel would love this podcast too, I would be so honored, so deeply honored if you share it with them. I love you. I see you. I'm standing in sacred witness of all that you are. Thank you for going deep with me.